Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Saga Great Iron Podcast. I'm here joined by Edward once again. We're going to be talking this episode all about the NFL draft that happened this past weekend. A lot of things went down, a lot of news broke, and just new players getting put into the NFL, new talented players. And it's exciting to see how it goes. Edward, what do you think of so far of the draft so far? What were your, your thoughts on that? Well, it was one of my favorite drafts in recent memory. Um, I really liked some of the trades that were made, like the Bears trade. Um, there are a lot of controversial picks, a lot of um, players falling that um, to new teams that weren't originally mocked. A lot of mock drafts are basically destroyed by this draft completely, so I kind of like that. Um, it's just really exciting. Yeah, I can agree with you with that. My mock draft that I wrote was way off, um, especially with the number three pick, right? We didn't know. Nobody really knew what that was going to be. So my mock draft was off on that. And then all these trade-ups and these smart moves, like the Vikings were able to trade down and still get probably a player that they were targeting in Christian Derisaw. But yeah, we'll, we'll get talking about that soon. Uh, Edward, since you're a Steelers fan, what do you think about their draft? I was in love with their draft. I was actually pretty mad when they took Najee Harris at 24 uh, overall. I was so hoping for Christian Derisaw to fall one more spot. Um, I thought the Titans were going to take him, and I thought uh, – I think it was the Colts. The Colts were going to take him, um, but he ended up going one spot before the Steelers, and that really sucks. But, um, I mean, I don't like taking a running back in the first round, but Najee Harris is probably my RB1, and he's going to get uncontested touches in Pittsburgh this season. We'll see how he does. He's – from what he did at college, he's a really talented player. Um, I just don't know how well – he how much he's going to be worth a, if he's going to be worth the first round pick or not because you know not many running backs are worth the first round pick mm-hmm. if you look at somebody like Aaron Jones who was a, a pro comp of mine for Najee Harris uh, he was I think 187th overall pick or something like that yeah he was in the fourth rounder he was a fourth round yeah first so I mean if they can if the Packers can pick up a prospect like that on the fly I think that you know, 24 overall isn't worth that. You know, they could have drafted Sam Cosme or Tevin Jenkins or somebody like that to bolster their offensive line, which they didn't do until later. But um, I'd probably give Pittsburgh's draft about a C-plus overall if I had to give it a grade or a rating. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I was really surprised that they went with the running back. Um, last year, especially they they especially towards the later um, end of the year last season, they went more th- of a running back by committee with a lot of different running backs playing in that spot. So I found Anthony it- McFarland, J- uh, James Connor, um, they they incorporated and in even a little bit of Jalen Samuels uh, and Benny Snell. They the running situation wasn't the problem um, due to the running backs. I think it was more due to the offensive line, which I would would have had them rather. Uh, address earlier than running back but um i it's still a hole that needs to be filled after james connor went to arizona uh in free agency so i'm not i i don't despise the pick that they made but Mm -hmm. i just wish they would have made a pick like that later yeah for sure um i I really think that they might have been able to get Najee harris if they did if you know he fell out of the first round i'm not sure about that but i really thought like you said offensive line really should have been addressed there was a lot of really good offensive linemen and through the first two rounds and um, and like a bunch of other teams, like you mentioned earlier, the Colts, you know, I thought they were going to take an offensive lineman in the first round, but they didn't, but we'll see how that works out. Um, 
so for my Seahawks, uh, well, I'll say I kind of have like two good teams, right? Because I live here in LA, and LA didn't really have like a like a team when I started started first watching football. And now that we have two teams, I guess I kind of would say I would lean more to like the Chargers than I do the Rams. I'm not, I, I don't really, I don't know. The Rams just never got my attention. Also, they're a division rival of the Seahawks, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a Chargers fan when it comes to LA. So I'll talk about the Seahawks and the Chargers. For the Seahawks, their first pick in the third round was a wide receiver, which I thought was kind of um, a head scratching move. Wide receiver really wasn't a position of need. I thought they really could have gotten maybe like a corner. They did end up in the fifth round getting a corner, or they also could have uh, maybe got an extra offensive lineman just to add some depth in that position. So if I were to grade that like you, I'd probably give it like a like a B minus because yeah, they did address some areas of need, but that wide receiver in the third round would have fell to them probably later on um for the chargers Rashawn slater fell down to 13 i was really excited about that for the chargers yeah the, the chargers did so well getting Rashawn slater and they also were able to get a son a samuel jr in the second round i thought they had probably one of the best drafts by a team i'd probably give them like a b plus but man i was i was pumped when the Chargers were able to land Rashawn slater i thought maybe another team would have picked him up i was if the Cowboys didn't trade down, I probably would have had them taking Slater just because their offensive line is getting a little bit older, and I can kind of see them moving on from Tyron Smith. But, man, the fact that they got the Gi- Slater. Giants, too, potentially. Yeah, the Giants, too, also kind of needed an offensive lineman on that, on that right side, especially if they drafted a, a left tackle last year in the draft. Um, but, yeah, I was pumped about that. You know, the offensive line for the Chargers has gone through a whole rebuilding, and it looks so much better. I'm really excited for how they're going to look next year. And, um, and yeah, and also to getting Asante Samuel Jr., um, another position of need that they need to fill out, getting good value out of him in the second round. That was a great value pick right there for sure. So I'm excited to see what the Chargers can do this upcoming year. All right, now moving yeah, me on. me too. I've been. Oh, yeah, keep going. Yeah, I've been, um, I've been thinking about the Chargers. I've been trying to tell people you know in just random discussions like oh you should hop on the chargers bandwagon before you know it gets too populated because i'm really excited about the direction that the chargers are going to be going as a franchise i really love their offense it was explosive last year and now that it's getting a little bit more uh, mature um i like the potential that they have overall offensive and defensive so i think that i think that this draft especially picking up slater and asante samuel jr um really really beneficial for them yeah, the team also is getting a bunch of uh, players who were injured last year, like Derwin James back this upcoming season. And Derwin James is a straight-up baller at his position. Now moving on to probably the pick that a lot of people were paying attention to in the top five was the 49ers pick. They picked Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Uh, Edward, do you think Trey Lance can be successful with the 49ers? Or do you think there's a bit of overhype when it comes to Trey Lance's ability? I don't think there's that much of an overhype. He is an incredibly raw player, but he's got a lot of natural talent and ability. If he's able to develop that under Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever the quarterback situation is going to be for um, San Francisco in the coming years, I think that he could be developed into a really good player and start to work on the areas that, you know, he's not so um, advanced in. And he's, it's going to be a couple of years before he's NFL ready. Um, but I'm very glad that uh, the Niners went with Trey Lance over Mac Jones. I read something saying that the 49ers front office leading up to the draft wanted to pick Jones. 
uh, to pick uh, Trey Lance and that Kyle Shanahan, the coach, wanted to pick Mac Jones. Um, and I'm really glad for the 49ers that uh, the front office went out on that one because I think Trey Lance is the much better prospect and he's a better player to groom uh, in that 49ers system. And I think eventually he can be their QB of the future. Oh, yeah, definitely for sure. They tried, They gave up a lot to the Dolphins to move up to that number three spot. And also, too, Trey Lance doesn't really have to start right away. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, well, I, I'm, pre- I'm definitely sure, will not get traded this year, maybe next year. But I know Jimmy G will definitely be the starting quarterback for the Niners this upcoming year. And also, too, I, I really think this is perfect timing because there's a lot of questions about Trey Lance's accuracy and his consistency with that. And I really think that just him sitting behind you know, uh, an offensive mind like Kyle Shanahan and observing Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's really going to help him out uh, in the long run. And we'll kind of see him develop like a Mahomes or a Josh Allen type, because with those two players, when they came out of college, you know that they had natural raw ability. And that was something that really stuck out with them. And with the proper development, they were able to become superstars in this league. So I really think that's the route that Trey Lance will probably go through. I'm also glad that they didn't pick Mac Jones because I know the 49ers fan base would all lost their minds. Uh, man, crazy how much uh, draft hype he got leading up to this. And, and we'll talk about um, how he fell and ended up to the, the New England Patriots. But another top five pick I want to discuss here was the Bengals passing on Panay Sewell and instead going for LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase. So many people were making fun of this pick, talking about how Sure, Joe Burrow gets uh, a front, uh, target he knows uh, with his team, but will he be able to get enough time to even throw the ball to him? Will he get injured again? So what, what do you think about that? Do you think the Bengals did the right thing by taking Chase, or would you have wished they would have taken Panesul? It's, like a really, it's a really complicated situation. Burrow is friends with Chase. He has a relationship with Chase. Um, they won the national championship together at LSU. So he's already familiar with Chase, not only as a target, but as a person, as a teammate, as a friend. And Joe Burrow was like, you should take Jamar Chase. I want you to take Jamar Chase. I'm your franchise quarterback. You should probably listen to me on this. Um, And, you know, they did. They listened to him. That was a pretty smart thing to do. But, you know, the protection that they had for Burrow last year was miserably bad. Sewell would have fixed a good amount of that. And I think Sewell can come into the NFL and immediately translate and immediately have a positive impact uh, anywhere, really, but um, especially in Cincinnati. I do think I do like um, Cincinnati's wide receiver core before drafting Chase um, with Tyler Boyd leaving that pack. Um, but I don't think that Chase was necessarily the right pick for them but I do think it's a good pick overall. I just would have rather them taken Sewell to protect Burrow. Yeah, definitely for sure. I think they did draft a couple of offensive linemen in the second or third round, if I'm correct. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see how Jamar Chase develops really because this is kind of like a, a Julio Jones kind of type type prospect, if I were to say great speed, great hands and stuff. Obviously needs some work in the route running, but his physical attributes really is what blows you away. So if he can kind of be that AJ Green, what AJ Green was a couple of years ago, you know, then I think this is a, a big uh, win for um, the Bengals. Now we're going to talk about um, another player that um, really, really got a lot of hype before the draft, right? We assumed he would be a top 10 pick. Mac Jones falls to 15 in New England. 
do you think that he'll find success in New England? And how do you think this upcoming season will start? Do you think he'll be the starter? Do you think maybe he'll start if Cam gets benched? How do you think this season might play out for Mac Jones? So I don't love Mac Jones as a prospect overall. I think that he's mostly a product of an Alabama system. Um, despite the record-setting year he had in college, I don't think that he's, you know, I, I had him fifth overall at my uh, in my QB rankings, my personal QB rankings before the draft. Um, but I think that with the right development, I think the best situation for him to be in was either San Francisco or New England. Um, but San Francisco did the right move passing on him and taking Trey Lance. So I think that New England's, you know, is after that New England was his best best availability, best um opportunity because Bill Belichick is an incredible coach and if anything and if anybody can whip Mac Jones into shape it would be Belichick um Jones this season I don't think he's going to be the starter uh, or you know maybe they'll throw him in mid-season I don't know but I think they should um the Patriots should definitely approach this carefully as to not rattle Mac Jones confidence just to keep him in the best uh, you know, state of mind to succeed in the future. Oh, yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, I think this was a great pick by the Patriots just because you didn't have to give up any assets to move up, right? Um, they could, they just stayed there at 15, and there he wound up. Um, Bill Belichick's familiar with this type of, of, of quarterback build, you know, not too athletic, really accurate with the ball, you know. Might have won a couple of Super Bowls, um, you know, but I really think that this this pick here, if if he can develop well under Belichick, and if this offensive system can really do what Mac Jones does, which is sit in the pocket, read the defense, and just throw uh, good, accurate passes, this team will find success. But the question is on the health of the offensive line, on the receiver core, if they can get open. The Patriots spent so much money on targets for Cam Newton but now, if you really take a step back to look at it, this kind of could be for Mac Jones as well. Mac Jones was really accurate in college. Like you mentioned, he did benefit off uh, of a really easy scheme and system in Alabama. But I really think that if um, Bill Belichick can develop this guy and really get him to start playing smart football, then I really think the Patriots can be the contenders that they were for the past decade under Tom Brady. I can really see that happening again. I mean, if they develop him like they developed Brady, then, I mean, he's got a lot of similarities um, to Brady that, you know, it's, I mean, it's noticeable. He's upper body a pocket type. passer. Yeah, upper body type. He's not like the most athletic, the most mobile, but he's accurate. And um, he's got a pretty damn good uh, game IQ overall. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens. I'm not the biggest Patriots fan myself. I've got like a little bit of a family rivalry going with my family in New England. Um, but I'm definitely excited to see how his career pans out there. And I think it'll be with the right development. He'll be pretty good in the future. It'll be interesting to see how he develops within these next five years. I think that's something we'll have to pay attention to, especially with all the hype that came up with him coming into the draft. We're going to talk about another quarterback, this time an Ohio State quarterback, Justin Fields. The Bears traded up, traded up decent package to move up to number eleven to pick Justin Fields. 
Do you think he can save Chicago? Do you think this quarterback mediocrity that's happened for the past 50 years in Chicago, do you think Justin Fields can can break the trend and really become a franchise caliber quarterback, you know, lead this team to a playoffs, win this team games, which is what quarterbacks in Chicago haven't been able to do in a while. Do you think Justin Fields has that potential? I do think he has that potential. I think he has an incredible amount of athleticism and talent. And I definitely like um, <clears throat> the acquisition the acquisition of Tevin Jenkins in the second round to solidify that offensive line for him. One of the reasons why um, Chicago quarterbacks haven't done so well in the past is not only because, you know, they haven't been very talented um, and they've busted pretty hard, uh, but their offensive lines have never been, you know, spectacular and they didn't have the uh, potential to, you know, really succeed with minimal protection. So I think that, you know, Jenkins on the line, uh, maybe even some of their later round picks, uh, on the offensive line could help Fields um, develop and build his confidence. And I do think that he has a talent and the athleticism and the ability um, in multiple different areas of the game to lead the Bears. Oh, yeah, there's no no doubt about his arm talent. Um, a lot of critics and a lot of analysts just don't like that Justin Fields is um... – He's he's uh, the one read type of guy. If the read's not there, to try to improvise and look for other things. Um, I really think that Justin Fields. Oh, let me ask this before: Do you think Justin Fields start this year, or do you think he's going to sit behind Andy Dalton? I think he should start. Um, I mean, it's it, he should start, but the Bears are in kind of like a win now mode, and I'm not a hundred percent sure if Fields is the quarterback to put in and immediately do well. But I mean, he's—I'd probably say he's that quarterback um, out of all the players in this draft class, besides Trevor Lawrence. If they want, if a team wanted to throw him into a game, I think he'd be the—you know—I think behind Trevor Lawrence, he'd be the uh, best quarterback to, you know, handle the situation and be able to make the reads that he needs to make. Um, even if you know people are concerned about his like one read tendencies, but. Since the Bears are in this win-now mode, I think that they're looking to salvage the best years of this defense that they have, and Fields could be able to uh, lead that win-now kind of mentality of this team, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, um, I really think it would be the best choice for Justin Fields to probably sit behind just for a couple of NFL games. I really think this will kind of be what happened last year with um, Tua and the Dolphins, where Tua didn't start immediately and kind of just sat back and watched Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think the Bears should follow that kind of model and see if maybe they can insert him into the lineup, um, maybe around halfway halfway point of the season, maybe if Andy Dahl doesn't perform well during the beginning parts of the year, just because I think Justin Fields kind of needs to to see it and learn from a veteran quarterback like, like Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton, sure, his teams haven't had playoff success, but during his earlier years in the league, he was a pretty decent quarterback. I would say probably top 15 in the league back in the days. So I think it would be the best choice for him to just sit down and and, and see what he can learn just by watching um, NFL games just in front of his eyes, you know, analyzing the game like that. I think that would be the best to get the most out of Justin Fields, um, Justin Fields' career. So now we're going to talk about somebody else who fell. Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner wide receiver, fell to Philadelphia Two receivers taken after him, most notably his teammate Jalen Waddle, taken at six by the Miami Dolphins. 
Do you think Devonta Smith can be that answer at wide receiver that Philadelphia has been lacking for the past couple of years? Um, I don't know how well he's going to fit with Jalen Rieger. I think Jalen Rieger is a good, you know, downfield, long-distance threat, and I think Devontae Smith is a little bit more uh, versatile than that. I think he has, you know, multiple different areas that he can play and thrive in. Um, I'm not sure that, you know, I think it was a decent pick for Philly. I think that Devontae Smith is a good wide receiver. I'm not 100% sure how his uh, size is going to translate to the NFL, but I think that, you know, if he goes on a NFL kind of diet and develops an NFL kind of lifestyle, he can put on the weight that he needs to succeed against, you know, bigger, more physical corners. Um, so I think he'll, I think he'll be pretty good in Philly. I think he's going to need a couple of years and I think he's going to need to have Jalen Hurts develop to his full potential before he can really start thriving. I don't think Philly is the best situation for him, but I do think it's a pretty decent situation. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think he'll definitely get a lot of targets in Philadelphia. Um, the Eagles obviously are kind of in a weird rebuilding mode, though not really fully rebuilding, I would say, because they still have a decent amount of players, good players who can contribute to that team. That defensive line is still pretty decent. Um, the linebacking court secondary definitely need help. The offensive line is great in Philadelphia, but they are aging and they are very injury riddled. So that's the only question mark with them. I think Devontae Smith can really um I think he'll in the right scheme where he doesn't need to go one-on-one with receivers, where short um, drag routes, slants, out routes, I really think that's where the Eagles can find good success with Devontae Smith. But time will tell and see how that goes on. All right, Colin. I mean, <laughs> Edward, sorry. All right, Edward, let me know. Who do you think will be the most instant impact player on their team, a.k.a. the Justin Jefferson of 2020? Who will be that instant player who makes a difference for that offense or defense so it's either going to be for me Rashawn Slater Panay Sewell or maybe Trevor Lawrence um or Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle's injury concerns have been a little bit troubling but I do think that you know Miami is a really blossoming team that he's going to be able to translate uh well with and fit well with I think that you know two is going to have that lead receiver that he can now uh you know build a relationship with um, that is if Waddle's injury concerns aren't that much of a concern. And then regarding Rashawn Slater, he's a very ready prospect in my mind. I, I compared him to the Green, uh, Green Bay Packers offensive lineman Elton Jenkins, who came in his rookie year and made a really amazing impact immediately. Um, so I think that Slater could be that kind of guy in – for the Chargers, I think that he's going to provide great protection for Burrow. Uh, Burrow, I mean uh, Herbert, um, and I think that he's going to be able to translate well and translate quickly. And then Panay Sewell is one of the most NFL-ready prospects that came out of this draft class. I think that he is just an overall really well-constructed, well-developed um, player who's very, you know all around solid and, you know, all around excellent. But um, I don't think his impact, if, you know, he has a significant impact, will be noticed as much in Detroit. But I do think that he could have a really great impact. Yeah, for sure. Those are definitely uh, great choices. Um, Like you mentioned, Rashawn Slater, I think he'll make an instant impact for that offensive line in um, 
here in Los Angeles. Uh, Panay Sewell, you took it out of my mouth. I really like that the Lions grab Panay Sewell. I think he'll really help out Jared Goff if he, you know, maybe he can blossom again, you know, into being a franchise caliber quarterback and really help out that offensive line. They already have a great running back in Dontre Swift, and they also added Jamal um, Williams in the offseason. So I really think that Panay um, Sewell will have a great impact. Uh, we haven't really talked much about defense. So I'm just going to say, I think JC Horn is going to play really well next year. I really think um, he's corner number one in my board. I really like that the Panthers picked him up. I thought, you know, this was a great move to kind of help out that secondary, you know, that that defense of Carolina is still, still really, really young. And adding another piece like that at a key position was a big A-plus move in my books too. And also too, just in general, Carolina, I think has the youngest, youngest team in the whole NFL. So I, I think they have probably one of the brightest futures, if not the brightest in the NFL. And another defensive player that I think will make an impact, barring he doesn't get injured, will be Jalen Phillips from the Miami Dolphins. I really liked his tape last year from Miami. And as long as he can stay healthy and he can keep developing as a prospect, I think he'll make that Miami defense even more scarier. And with every um, draft. Oh, yeah, keep going. Yeah, I like what, I like what you said about J.C. Horn. The top corners in this draft are, you know, really close for me. Uh, Patrick Sertan is a really talented corner. Um, Caleb Farley, you know, minus his injury concerns with his back surgery, is unbelievably athletic and physical and talented just naturally. Um, I mean, J.C. Horn didn't get as much love, and I don't really know why. Um, I saw some sort of stat on online that said J.C. Horn only gave up 50-plus yards in a game to one receiver that he faced, and I think that was Devontae Smith. Um, so I think that's a really amazing accomplishment that kind of went, uh, you know, unnoticed um, a bit. And I think that, you know, coupled with Jeremy Chin in that, uh, among others in that Carolina secondary, will make for an all-around, you know, very young and promising secondary. And I think that, you know, he can have not only a great impact in the future, but a great impact immediately. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and as we talk about some of the corner prospects, um, I don't know why the Broncos took Patrick Sertan. It wasn't really a position of need. And it, w- it just seemed like a really boneheaded move. Um, I- I'll-, I'll talk about this later for our question of the day. But I think that was something really interesting to me. And that kind of clicked something in my brain that we'll talk about later. Now, with every draft class, there's always a bust, unfortunately. A player with so much hype. But unfortunately, they don't live up to that in their NFL career. So, Edward, let me know who's your player that you think in the first round will become a bust from this class. I'm just going to say it. I think Zach Wilson is going to be the biggest bust. He was drafted high. He was, wasn't was in that strong of a conference playing for BYU. Um, I don't think that he really faced that tough competition. I'm pretty sure he went uh, 0-10 uh, or something like that against um one of the against teams in one of the more popular conferences one of the stronger conferences um maybe the big 10 i think but um yeah i don't think that he really faced accurate competition i think people take his uh accomplishments out of context and the context is he was on a decent team in a really really below average even you know bad conference and I don't think that, you know, the Jets are going to, uh, the, the Jets are going to develop him properly. I think that Robert Sala is, you know, easily a more defensive minded coach. 
Um, so I don't think that, you know, he's going into a situation like Trey Lance would be with an offensive-minded coach like Kyle Shanahan. So, you know, not only am I not super confident in his accomplishments in college, I'm not super confident in the situation that he's going into. And I also, you know, I don't really, I didn't like him as a prospect coming in. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to lock him in as my bust prediction. Yeah, um, I had the same thing too, especially – um, you mentioned that BYU is in really in the strong conference, and um, we kind of really just saw one good year of Zach Wilson, and and that's about it in college. Uh, like you mentioned, he's with Robert Sala, who's a defensive-minded coach. Um, the Jets' offensive line still need still needs work, so I can see him struggle and throwing under pressure and having to make, you know, tough decisions and maybe make the wrong decisions a little too much, you know, kind of how we saw Daniel Jones doing his rookie year, you know, facing a lot of pressure and then just throwing the ball up and just praying somebody catches that. I feel like that's something we might see occur with Zach Wilson. Um, I, I was kind of 50-50 on, on Trey Lance being a bust, but I but just knowing that, you know, he's going to probably not start this year and just going to be a, a kind of project for them, I wouldn't really say that yet. Um, I think another player that kind of, well, I wouldn't say went under the radar, but a player that I feel, well, that has, they have good uh, physical attributes, but I just don't think they'll fit under the system. Uh, Micah Parsons, I don't know how he's going to, how he's going to fit with the Cowboys. I saw something on Twitter that I thought was really funny. Micah Parsons is basically a defensive end trying to play linebacker, you know, um, He's really talented. He's a really talented kid. I, I like watching his tape of him in Penn State. You can tell that he's all over the field. But how are the Cowboys going to use him? Are they going to use him in coverage? Are they going to use him to rush the passer? That's the questions that Dan Quinn's going to have to come up with. And I don't know how uh, Michael Parsons' production, how much we'll see of it improve as his years go on in the NFL. But that's just a question mark for me with that. And also, too, the Cowboys do have did draft another linebacker in Jabril Cox, who I thought was a steal in the third round, third, fourth round, if I'm correct. So I'm not sure or not. I'm particularly sold on how Micah Parsons will be with um, in this Cowboys system. All right. Now with the bus uh, being gone now, you know, having really a tough discussion because we really don't want to see any of these players, you know, do really badly. Um, who do you think right now, looking at the teams, uh, looking at the players, looking at the situations, who do you think is your early candidate for rookie of the year? I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I mean, you can say Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's going to thrive no matter what. He's going to be put into, you know, not the best situation, but he's got all of the talent to put up really great numbers. Um, even if, you know, the team success doesn't really translate. Um, then another possibility could be, um, I was thinking about Jalen Waddle. If Miami can build off of their, you know, kind of like surprising semi-success last season, I think that Jalen Waddle could be a big part of that and really thrive with Tua if Tua can take, you know, like those next couple of steps forward. Um, maybe even, you know, if Najee Harris has a really surprising year, um, if the Steelers, all, Steelers offensive line can take a step up, if they sign a couple of undrafted free agents who end up making a big impact, if some of their later round offensive line prospects that they drafted make uh, big impacts like Kevin Dotson um, last season, then I think that they could, that um, <clears throat> Najee Harris could 
potentially, you know, since he's going to have uncontested touches, that's going to, you know, help boost his stats. Um, so I think he could have a show out season potentially too. Interesting. Um, one player that I have in particular ahead of the rest, mostly because, you know, in sports in the NFL, right. One of the biggest aspects of this is storylines, right? Players thrive when, you know, when the storylines are, are going correctly. And Chicago, like I mentioned earlier, hasn't had a good quarterback in a while. And if Justin Fields, whether he starts, you know, week one or he, if he, you know, um, if Andy Dalton gets benched and Justin Fields starts the rest of, rest of the season, I really think that Justin Fields has a possibility of winning rookie of the year. Now, I'm saying that with a grain of salt because I do have a lot of criticisms with Justin Fields. But like I mentioned, storylines are big. If Justin Fields can help Chicago, let's say maybe top their division, you know, that's possible now. Um, if maybe he can be leading some of the quarterbacks in touchdowns thrown, you know, being smart with the football and just overall playing winning football and looking like that franchise quarterback, that quarterback of the future that Chicago has been missing for so long. I think that there's a real possibility that Justin Fields can win this over Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to struggle in Jacksonville. Now, I don't think he'll be horrible, but I think there will be some struggles and a big learning curve with Trevor Lawrence. But with Justin Fields, if he can start off kind of um, how Justin Herbert did this year, you know, um, I really think that he's got a shot at winning Rookie of the Year. All right, so we're going to move on to our final segment of this episode question of the day so let me introduce our question last friday news broke that aaron Rodgers wants out of green bay big shocker right in the afternoon before the draft this was huge news um so my question that we'll be discussing here is does aaron Rodgers get traded to another team or will he play the brett Favre card and retire early edward what do you think I'm not sure we could say that, you know, playing the Brett Favre card here would be retiring early for Rodgers. He's been in the league for a long time. and I do think he's got definitely a few years left in the tank. Um, I don't think he gets traded, and I also don't think he retires. I think that, you know, he and the Green Bay front office have a talk, and the front office is like, okay, we'll do whatever you want. We'll listen to all your demands, and we'll, we'll do our absolute best to get all of them done. Um, and I think, you know, they reach an agreement. I think that, you know, anytime a player, you know, expresses feelings of, um, you know, unhappiness in their situation on their team, people are always like, oh, I, you know, I think they're going to trade him. I think they're going to demand a trade. You know, if he doesn't, he's going to hold out or whatever. I don't think that's, you know, I don't think the extreme is always the case in these kinds of situations. I mean, look at Deshaun Watson. He demanded a trade and the Texans were like, hmm, no, no, we're going to keep you. Um, you're a franchise quarterback in our eyes and, you know, you're, you're a really great talent. So we're going to keep you. I think, you know, maybe the Packers pull a move like that. And they're just like, and even if he demands a trade, they're just going to stand pat and try to work something out with him to keep him in Green Bay. Interesting. Um, I do think he'll take the Brett Favre route and uh, retire early. Now, I, I say this because um, there are reports out, you know, that he, he contemplated retirement and still is probably. That's a strong, strong thought going on in his head. You know, he'll probably come back in retirement, 
maybe play for the Vikings again, you know, like Brett Favre did. You never know. But um, I really think that he retires just because he's going to make the front office choose between him or Jordan Love. Last year, they traded up to get Jordan Love, which is a really weird move. And I really think that he's going to make the front office decide, are you going to stick with me, the MVP of last season, or are you going to go with the guy you traded up to in the first round to draft? Most of the time, GMs go with the younger guy. Most of the time. I feel like that's going to happen again. And I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to be like, screw this. I'm going to retire. You know, you guys don't need me. I'm going to make sure you guys don't get anything back from me. And I feel like that's what he's going to do. And and Devontae Adams on Twitter the other day was like, appreciate um, what you got while you have it. That's that's a little bit of alarming. Now, I can see probably some teams this draft um, try to maybe get some offers for Aaron Rodgers. I mentioned earlier the Patrick Sertain to the to the Broncos. I think the Broncos could give up a good package to to the Packers. They have a young quarterback, other, True Lock. I've they seen have, some theories saying that. Patrick Sertan, picking Patrick Sertan at nine uh, was basically just so Denver could then use him and you know, potentially Javante Williams, who they traded up to get um, in a package for Aaron Rodgers uh, from Green Bay. Because, you know, the Sertan move really doesn't make any sense for Denver. So using him in a trade package would be more, would make more sense than using him on their roster since, you know, a corner definitely isn't a hole for them. Yeah, definitely. And, um, I really think, like you said, I really think this is kind of like a little NFL conspiracy theory, I guess we can probably say developing, you know, but I really think that he's going to be a chess piece for maybe an Aaron Rodgers trade because Denver's a really good spot. They have plenty of decent receivers out in Denver. Um, the defense, maybe Deshaun Watson. Yeah, even even him too. They have um, plenty of, of defense um, as well. I think they're the best secondary in the league um, so far. They had a really phenomenal phenomenal offseason resigning some players and you know trading you know they have Kyle Fuller they have uh, Bryce Callahan they have um, Ronald Darby and now they have Patrick Sertain I can see him being used as a piece and maybe another player being used as a piece to get traded over there but at the end of the day I think Aaron Rodgers is kind of a smart dude and he's gonna know that the Packers are gonna want to train him away and he's like you know what I gave you guys everything I'm gonna make sure I give you guys nothing now by retiring so that that's a little theory that's going on in my mind well what do you think of that um honestly i could see it happening i don't really know i'm not super familiar with these kinds of situations um you know a franchise quarterback for decades you know or you know upwards of a decade on a team putting in so many mvp caliber seasons putting in all of his prime for a team and then the team just trading them away once you know they decide to trade up and draft a questionable younger quarterback that just basically sets off your franchise quarterback and kind of lets a fire under his ass so I think that there are a lot of different possible uh, outcomes of this situation maybe he gets traded maybe he doesn't maybe he retires I'm not really sure but I don't think that your theory is very far-fetched I think it could be pretty realistic Okay, that that's good to hear. Maybe it comes true, and I can I can claim, the, be the first one to to say that. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out within the next couple of weeks, right? There's a lot of um, undrafted free agents being signed. You know, there's a plenty of decent free agents out there in the market as well. 
Um, so as teams begin to build their rosters, it's gonna be inter- interesting to see how you know players like Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson maybe they can get moved uh, during this period as well. But we'll have to see how this plays out within the next month or two. We're still unfortunately a long way away from football, but hey, at least the draft's over and we can kind of get pumped for the upcoming season as it slowly, slowly approaches. Thanks everybody for listening to another episode of Saga Gridiron.